The Crawford Stand. By some standards, many, perhaps most Americans, are prosperous. But could the sun be setting on the prosperity of many, maybe most, in America? First, let's define prosperity. Consider this question from the president of Crawford Broadcasting Company, Don Crawford. Are you wealthy? Are you? Are you wealthy? Are you rich? Uh, you probably answer no, but maybe to some extent you are. So I ask, what really is wealth and what really are riches? There are any number of definitions of wealth, are there not? When we think of wealth and the wealthy, oh, we Americans think of Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, and now the richest man in the world. Did you know this? The richest man in the whole wide world, Jeff Bezos, he of Amazon. We think of men who are worth billions upon billions of dollars. If we compare ourselves, mere average working Americans, to them, obviously we do not think of ourselves as wealthy. The standard for the uber-rich, the uber-wealthy, used to be millions of dollars. But today, it is billions, with a B, billions of dollars. Individuals and corporate entities can easily be worth many billions of dollars, and we have come to take that for granted, we the Americans. Forbes magazine has compiled what is called the rich list, the rich list. That list, believe it or not, lists over 400 individuals, 400 individuals, and there are probably more, who are billionaires, billionaires, 400. Years ago, only men were billionaires. Today, there are any number of women who are themselves billionaires. The American economy and the opportunity it creates has become fully diverse and equitable. Equal financial opportunity rules. The so-called glass ceiling, which limited the opportunities for women, hardly exists anymore anywhere for any woman who is bright and hardworking and can rise the economic ladder and do so rapidly. And that's a good thing. Wealth, well-produced, that is also a good thing, a very good thing, for the opportunities it creates for all men and women is what makes America great. But again, I ask, what really is wealth? The dictionary says wealth is affluence, affluence. That means that an individual or a corporate entity is loaded with money and much of it to excess. It also defines wealth as riches, riches. We the people have a common man and woman definition of riches, do we not? Often our own way, but often unclear and without explicit standards. But perhaps one of the most useful definitions of wealth is excess beyond need. Excess beyond need. Luxury. Luxury. Excess. That means when all bills are paid for necessities in any given month, Anything you have left over can be considered wealth, whether you do or not. In short, you have capital, money, liquidity beyond need, and you can engage in luxury spending or savings as you wish. To that extent, you are wealthy, or at least you have a certain kind of wealth whether you think so or not. 
The irony is that most people who may only think of Gates, Buffett, and Bezos as wealthy have a certain low-level wealth themselves. And that is good, really good. And now comes a new and a better automobile for the family, or the latest flat-screen television set, or new clothes, or that special vacation, or dining out, or off to the movies. Almost every American family has some luxuries, some excess beyond need. And to that extent, that family is wealthy. Many families and individuals buy property, real estate, or personal property like stock market investments, or they have certificates of deposit with banks or insurance. And they hope for the appreciation and growth of those property assets, those real assets. Any growth produces wealth and more of it. The Trump economy for the last three years has produced considerable wealth for tens of millions of Americans. What wealth you may enjoy cannot be produced, nor can it survive, unless it is nurtured and nourished by a healthy, vibrant, growing economy. America and we the people have that now, thanks to the Trump economy, the Trump economy and the economic decisions Donald J. Trump has made. Whatever you think of our president, you should be grateful for that. But now comes the Democratic plundering politicians, as Steve Forbes of Forbes magazine calls them, the plundering politicians. It is standard fare for Democratic politicians to attack wealth and the wealthy. Why? That message, old, seriously abused and hackneyed, somehow continues to resonate with many Americans who do not believe they share in the American wealth to the extent they think they should. To attack wealth of any kind seems just. If a Jeff Bezos of Amazon is worth $130 billion, as he was before his divorce, and is regarded as the richest man in the world... That is far too much for any individual, no matter how hard the man worked, or how smart he was, or even how much benefit he may have produced for so many Americans. Too much is simply too much, especially for the plundering politicians, and somehow that wealth must be redistributed, no matter the effect on the economy or the affected individuals. That, of course, is done by taxation, and the Democratic Party is the master of taxation, and the more the better. So many of these Democratic candidates for president propose new taxes, higher, and even higher than that, taxes and especially taxes on the rich. They propose serious and seriously harmful wealth taxes in their effort to soak the rich, in the words of Steve Forbes. But a tax on the wealthy whoever they are, maybe you, never ends there. The tax man eventually goes after the so-called middle class and seeks to identify wealth wherever he can find it, and tax it, of course. If Bill Gates pays a wealth tax, sooner or later the union worker will pay the same tax at the same rate. Of course, it'll be less money, but it will be the same tax. You can count on it. The so-called middle class never escapes. Sooner or later, this class of millions upon millions of Americans pays its proportionate share. 
That, of course, is the aim of socialism, and so many of the existing democratic politicians are, in fact, socialists or have adopted and fully believe in socialistic principles. Are you aware of that? That, to me, is anti-American. In short, they are really against capitalism and the opportunities it creates. They want to create a highly controlling government, a ruling class which makes all the fundamental economic decisions, including and especially taxation, and determine who and what should prosper and the extent thereof. Nothing is more foreign to American capitalism and opportunity, and nothing, nothing would do more to utterly destroy the American dream. Don't you have that? Aren't you happy and proud to be an American? And don't you have a dream for growth and success and the betterment of your life? Don't you? I bet you do. But if the current Democratic Party, with its principles, is elected, and the Democratic Party controls, and the legislation they wish is passed, you will pay much more in taxes, no matter who you are or how much you make. You will. And you will get less for your money, in some cases far less. Money in the hands of government is abused and misused so often. Government is wasteful, irresponsible, cares nothing about debt. You know our government owes $120 trillion, which it could never repay. Do you know that number? $120 trillion. And it simply goes about its business of tax and spend. Budgets are formed every year, and governmental spending increases every year. There is always the promise of more offsetting revenue, an increase in tax revenues as a result of a growing economy. But, for some reason, that never happens. In fact, American debt increases every year, as it has year after year, for years upon years. Our government economically just kicks the can down the road and dumps those economic problems on the young and future generations of Americans. It's not a good time to be a millennial or a Gen Zer. They really, these individuals, these young individuals, the promise of America really can have no conception whatsoever of the disastrous economic climate in which they will live and work at least a decade from now. And we, the older generations who have amassed this debt, do little or nothing to educate or warn them about these economic dangers sure to come. They, the millennials, will never know or experience the America we have known nor will they have the lifestyle we, the older, have enjoyed. This economic reckoning will come in the next decade, and it will come for sure. The results will be drastic and revolutionary, and they will not be pretty. So much of wealth in America is in property. Very little is in cash itself. Wealth is invested and reinvested. It's always active. It's moving and finding safe places to grow, like property, real property, and stocks. Do you own stocks? I bet you do. Or corporate investments, general business investments, and saving accounts and CDs where banks put that money to work. And that money is invested in new ideas and new creations for business, 
for products and services which advance the lifestyle of every American. Wealth is always active. It doesn't find its way under a mattress. It's active, growing, creating. It's a good thing. But if you have equity in a home or other property, no matter how much you owe, or you own a car or stocks, for example, to the extent you do not have debt, you have wealth. You have wealth. And that you can be sure, that wealth will be taxed, especially if the Democrats are elected. And any wealth tax would mean less wealth to tax. Did you get that? Any wealth tax would mean less wealth to tax. Taxing the mere possession and equity of property and securities makes them less valuable. If such a tax is levied, so many people, especially the so-called middle class, would have to sell those assets, at least in part, to pay for the wealth tax levy on what they own. It's a vicious cycle, is it not? The wealth tax proposed by Sanders and by Warren and by Buttigieg and even Biden would slow the economy to a crawl. Ironically, this in turn would cause tax revenues to fall far below expectations. Capital would find lodging overseas, out of America, as it has by the billions upon billions of dollars in the last 20 years, safe from the long reach of the IRS. Wealth tax corollaries would produce burdensome rules and regulations, which themselves have a seriously negative effect economically and otherwise on our economy. Complying with often unnecessary rules and regulations burdens the American economy by billions upon billions of dollars, which could be far better utilized and invested. Such regulations, you know, from the deep swamp, often issued by this Washington swamp, and the run amok agencies, which often function independent of Congress, would seriously affect every person's ability to do business and take risks. In short, if Democrats are fully elected, that is, President, House, and Senate, capitalism would give way to socialism. Do you want that? Do you want socialism in America? It's a failed system of government everywhere it has been tried. And that would be the end of the America we now know and love. The end. But this is not the end of this discussion. Mr. Crawford will have much more to say about American wealth next week. In the meantime, you're invited to correspond with Mr. Crawford. His email address is stand at crawfordbroadcasting.com. Write to him and tell him what you think about this week's discussion. And when you want to review what you hear, go to our website, crawfordbroadcasting.com. The Crawford Stand is a public affairs presentation of Crawford Broadcasting Company and this station. Serving God and country, I'm Bill McCormick.